And now we get into something that I've been really looking forward to because oh the next uh, musician we're going to be talking talking about is, and you know, my is really an unbelievable singer. Um, so, and he's kind of, I think, just kind of a hard rock icon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to see where he would fit not only in my list but your list of the ten greatest male hard rock singers. And I say male because I feel like it's kind of hard to compare um, the yeah. female vocals and and the male vocals, especially in the genre of hard rock. Um, so I uh, I'm curious where um, he is going to rank in our list. Oh yeah. Um, so would you want to just do like we'll do number ten and then you my number ten your number ten. Yeah, so, let's yeah. do it. So this yeah, is Ryan good. and our... Um, my, um, our draft. Right. <laughs> this is our lists of the uh, the 10 greatest male hard rock singers. We'll start with our uh, unofficial co-host, Mr. Ryan. So this is the one that I was telling you. Kind of, I mean, we haven't talked to each other too much about this other than just, hey, you're not going to have this one or hey, I'm going to have this one. <laughs> Um, this is the one I don't think you're going to have. Sebastian Bach. Holy shit. That's my number 10. No fucking way. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Okay, that's genuine, guys. I promise. Um, yeah, that. Yeah. Oh my! I was watching a, a video of uh, I remember you live at Wembley, and I'm like, "There's no way he's not going on my list, man." And he was just. I kind of feel like Skid Row was just kind of like they were always there. You, you've heard of them, but they were never talked about like they were as big as they actually were. Well, I think their I think their mu their their music hasn't stood the test of time sure. super well. But when like you go back and you listen to, and I was listening to um, what's it, eighteen in life, mm-hmm. and I was like. Sebastian Bach's vocals are perfect. Really, really tight. Yeah, like everything about his vocal performance is really impressive. And I remember he did a cover of a Jeff Buckley song. Mm -hmm. And as people that listen to the show know, I mean, Jeff Buckley is my favorite singer of all time. And he covered that song. It was Eternal Life by Jeff Buckley. He covered it amazingly well. Um, So maybe, so while Skid Row is not a band that I come back to, I always thought Sebastian Bach was just brilliant. Oh, he's got to be there just for talent alone, I feel like. Like, like exactly what you were saying, dude. The, his live performances, just as a performer, he's up there owning like the stage. But he's doing it in a way that makes it fun for the crowd. He's not right. like overly cocky or anything like that. He's just having a good time. Yeah. No, he. Uh, and I remember just, I didn't even list, like I heard about him before I listened to his music in the sense, because he was always... On those VH1 shows, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was like they did that celebrity, you know, super group tribute, whatever, or um, I think he hosted like the VH1 40 greatest metal songs. Yeah. So, he, and it, so I know his I feel like I know him better as like a person or I guess like individual. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Wow. I'm so glad we yeah, matched on that's that. Wild. That's crazy. I was just like, I was like, what if what if? Sebastian Bach is the guy that Ryan was talking about. Hell yeah. I can't believe um, that happened. Who's, who's, so who's your number nine guy? David Lee Roth. Lights the menorah. <laughs> but he's, uh, I mean, not a whole lot to explain. I feel like everyone's heard of him and knows a lot about, well, you know, for the podcast day, I'll explain. But like, I think he's just the perfect compliment to Eddie's guitar playing. And it's just, you know, he was just an icon, you know, from that time period where they just made their style of music just really cool and Eddie was like that stereotypical like lead front man that was just badass. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that um and I and I thought about that. I was actually thinking of putting Sammy Hagar um in. I was yeah. I wasn't because I think David Lee Roth in term if we're talking about the greatest front man, I agree with you. Sure. But I just don't think he has like the vocal chops of some other people in the list. I get that but like yeah. but like to me and uh, the reason Sammy Hagar is on this list is because like to me and, and um and I we're um 
I kind of I want to talk to you about actually this whole situation later. But I think that to me, like Sammy Hagar was great with Van Halen. They have some hits. I mm-hmm. think David Lee Roth is the voice of Van Halen. Sure, exactly. Um, and I've, no one sounds like him. It's it's kind of crazy. No, and he does have that little like that little scream he would do, which is kind of. Cool. <laughs> I did it horribly. Yeah. But... <laughs> or it's like, um, and it's like like what what was it? It was in it was a lot on their first album. We'd be like. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I apologize for all the listeners for that. By What's the, way. the one about the ice cream man? I just think like it's like a one of the blues songs from their yeah. first album. It's just like, here comes the ice cream man. <laughs> yeah, I'm when I'm passing by. <laughs> um, so my number nine was Roger Daltrey from the Who. Nice. Um, it was one okay. of those things that I feel he, better about I, my listener. Yeah, he's got uh, a really phenomenal, and I think that like because I would consider the Who like they have enough hard rock songs. Yeah, where I really consider them, and they're just very influential. It's one of those like early great um, hard rock bands, Absolutely. Um, and just like the, the power of his vocals, his influence. Um, I think you know the Who is a, obviously a phenomenal band. So yeah. not really much else to say that I just think he was a, he was a great singer and hugely influential. And just yeah, just to add to kind of like your point about you know hard rock is the Who hard rock. I especially considering like what other bands were doing at the same time, they were heavy as fuck. Like <laughs> oh yeah, like my generation. Like, yeah, like no like other band it, was doing that. It like it's, it like starts off as like this boppy song, and then mm-hmm. like Keith Moon just goes fucking nuts. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. Cur- I, I think uh, I'm curious to how how we'll do with number eight, but I'll let you go. You you first. I'm staying in the same neighborhood of people. I'm going with Axl Rose. We've gone into him on another, another pod, um, but it's kind of self-explanatory. I think these two, between him and David, I was like, they're just, maybe I was coming at it too much from the front man point of view, but Alex, I mean, I'm sorry, Axl, you can, he really did have a good voice too. Like, and he was just so, I, I, did he and um, Cornell have the same vocal coach? Because they did a lot of the same stuff. I can't remember if that was like a factor. or it not. It wouldn't surprise me because they both had like, you know, huge ranges. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, well, they kind of do that same. I don't know. It's yeah. uh, that. That's why he's, you know, he's there for me. Yeah. He just played the part. And I'm going to expand on it because he is on my list, but nice. Um, not quite yet. Um, my number eight was Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. Nice. I, I he was one of my honorable mentions yeah. and I wish looking back at it. Oh, you kind of talk yeah. to you why you put him on there. Oh, who who were your honorable men? I was thinking about that. I was like cuz I had a couple. Who were your honorable mentions? Eddie Vigor, I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't even say his name right. Eddie <laughs> Eddie Vigor. <laughs> sorry. I was so nervous about saying his name. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um Oh my gosh. Um I don't have my uh, honorable mentions yeah. listed down here, so I can't really go down the list, but he was definitely one that I thought about. Yeah. So. I had um I can't remember his his name, but the singer of Living Color, mm. um, he was on my and also Rob Halford nice. was uh, from a Judas Priest. My, um, but yeah, when it, what uh, the reason I chose Bruce Dickinson at number eight is just because like you know his, his power oh was my just unbelievable, and I think from that whole like I think it was called the New Wave of British Heavy Metal. Yeah, I think he was just easily the best singer. The Number of the Beast is one of the best, just front to finish eighties metal oh, albums yeah. of all time like I, it yeah. might it probably has to be actually like the my album of the 80s that kind of like that was the 80s right yeah there. and that's not even a hot take i mean i think that's like yeah. that's a pretty fair i think a lot of people would agree with you on that yeah um so i'm just gonna i'll say my number seven first because you mentioned him sure uh you just you did him dirty by only making an honorable mention but i have eddie vedder at number seven yeah. <laughs> um and i think I think his voice definitely has gotten caricatured because mm-hmm. it was so unique and different. And obviously like Chad Kroger and um, mm-hmm. Scott Stapp kind of dragged it through the mud with their imitations of it, but, yeah. or I should say emulation. 
Um, but I think, but really, he is an unbelievable vocalist and really um, versatile. Um, and like, if you listen to the song "Black" mm-hmm. off their first album, I mean, that's I think an all-time great vocal performance. So um, yeah, Eddie Vedder and and just like his influence and his uniqueness and um, yeah, definitely he's my number seven. Rock and roll. I feel a little bad about this number seven because I he's nineties, but he's a little bit more after. But uh, Dave Grohl. Intr- yeah, I wasn't thinking. I don't think when I put this one down because Dave, you know, did a lot more stuff. Obviously, with singing no, no, no. in the two thousands. Well, but I mean, it has nothing to do with the nineties. Um, because this is oh, but this is the the twentieth century. I, I completely forgot to mention. I'm so yeah. sorry, Ren, for interrupting you. This list is I, I said of the twentieth century. That's why, like, I've le- I left out like Search Tank and I didn't put him on the list. Um, so my my sincere apologies. Um, and my issue with Dave Grohl on your list has nothing to do with him being a nineties singer or not a nineties singer. I just don't think he's a great singer. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, he, he's good. He's, he's good. like, he's passable. But, um, I mean, the, yeah, I, I just don't think he's as good as the other people that you've mentioned. And uh, forgive me, because I was putting this list together a little bit, you know, late at night. and It's a horrible backtrack. But, like, I don't know, Dave's, uh, at least when he made the transition, I feel like, and, you know, the food's, was it The Living in the Color? Was that uh, the album that came out? Uh, in, uh, was it Color and color, Shape? Color and Shape. The one that came out in 97? Yeah, the one that came out in 97, Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was just crazy to me that like, oh, Dave can play drums and now he's like a front man and, he, and he's killing yeah. it. And maybe I think a little bit more on my list for stuff he did after. But I just, I don't know. He's just, I thought from the front man aspect here, I think seven, eight, nine are all just like I'm thinking about it from a front man perspective. Yeah, I, I think like if you're talking about front man perspective, I totally agree. I, I yeah, mean, he's an unbelievable front man. Um, definitely, probably the most identifiable rock musician with the with the 21st century. Sure. Um, I just, like I said, just not, I, I think his strong suit is not his singing, gotcha. um, but I mean, he's made it work. He made it work. He's one of the, <laughs> I mean, he's one of the most successful rock artists in modern history. So, yeah. um, what are we up to now? Number six, I'll Number let you, six. uh, get back to you going first. This is where I put Lane. Okay. So if that's cool, I don't know if you want to go more into him too, um, um we'll, right we'll, now. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to him. Circle but back. Just, okay. just an FYI, to, I mean, I mean. You know, in case you didn't listen to uh, episode 13, which in the monologue, Lane Staley is the third member of the Not Exactly 27 Club, the singer sure. of Allison Chains. Um, so that's the the reference that Ryan made there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it more. But, dude, he's just a he's a killer. He's a killer. <laughs> Who's uh, your number six? Uh, number six, uh, Ronnie James Dio. Nice. Dio. Yeah. Okay. Dio was another one of my mention, yeah. honorable mentions. Um, another one. He's one of those guys that like he's a metal singer's metal singer. You know what I mean? Like maybe unless you're a hard rocker metal fan, you uh, you're not going to really know of Ronnie James Dio. But his influence to the genre is immense. You know the stuff he did. I mean, he everyone he's fam- he famously replaced Ozzy Osbourne in Black Sabbath, and yep. you know probably the only person in the world that could have done that and made a solid record. Obviously, yep. it's not the, the sound that Black Sabbath fans are accustomed to, but it was still brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, his solo, he did some stuff with this band called Rainbow, um, which was Didn't founded by Richie Blackmore, the guitarist of, of Deep Purple. Yeah, Deep Purple. Uh, yeah, Man on the Silver Mountain is one of their big songs, and that's a he does brilliant there. And then obviously. Dio solo stuff with like Holy Diver and Rainbow yeah. in the Dark. Um, uh, so yeah, Holy Diver. So yeah, and and I know Killswitch Engaged does, yeah. a, does a cover of that. So just really the power of his voice and uh, his contribution. And, and a big another way that he uh, contributed to rock music is he he does the 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 devil the devil horn mm-hmm. uh, hand sign that anytime you go to a rock concert you'll see some drunk idiot you know holding up the uh, the devil horn. So. 
uh, he came up with that, or he, I shouldn't say he came up with that, but he uh, brought it into um, rock music. So he's super influential in a lot of different ways. Yeah, dude, going down this list now. Oh my god, last time like our draft was pretty even, but I'm liking your list so much better than mine right now. Well, I think, it's... but I, I think you just did like the, the front man approach, which yeah. isn't which isn't bad. I just I just went a different direction. Yeah. Um, who'd you who'd you get for number five? God, here's where I'm still like we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, but here's where hard rock. Uh, but I I did Getty Lee. <laughs> okay, all right. Just because of the fact the man no no no, is, no they're they're hard rock for sure. Yeah, the man is doing what he's doing while playing bass and weird ass time signatures, dude. Like it's just crazy. Um, I just feel like because of it, and I guess coming back, you know, to where you approached it too, I was thinking, yeah, Getty Lee, like his range and just ability, like his voice is just so great. There's a picture of Getty Lee now. Uh, Getty Lee is a like like you and me is a nice Jewish boy, <laughs> um, and there's a picture of him. My friend showed this to me in college. There's a picture of him when he's young, and he looks so much like me that Ryan, if I, that if I find him to make you come up and, and look at my computer, let's see if I can find it. This is, I guess, a good example. Holy shit! Yeah, you can tell it's him, but oh my gosh, he is just, that me? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got our nose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Dude. So mirrors. Yeah. Mirror so, image right yeah, here. So we might be related, Getty Lee and I. But yeah. You Canadian, dude? I hope not. No, <laughs> no I didn't say that. It's okay. Uh, no. Um. Hey, Josie. Sorry, my my dog has decided that she would like to say hi to Ryan. It's good. It's good to see you. She's she's like, why is your list so bad? <laughs> She's like, why am I not on the list? You have explaining to do. Um, but yeah, so you, that was my five. I guess it, up yeah. to your five, right? Um, but no, Getty Lee's a great singer. My number five was Mike Patton of Faith No More. Nice. Um, and just really the versatility of him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he, he could be like a Dean Martin type crooner, or he could be like, you know, the best thrash metal singer. Yeah. Um, and like definitely listen to Angel Dust. I know mm -hmm. we listened when uh, when we drove down to Florida that one time. I showed yeah. you that album. I mean, uh, the Angel Dust is one of the to me one of the best vocal performance uh, albums that I have listened to. So he's he's my number five, and he can also rap too. Yeah, dude. They just I think we talked about them before, but just like they would have succeeded so well in maybe a different time period, but just because they played where they were planted, it was like this weird time period to be doing what they were doing from a funk perspective. But I oh, agree. Oh yeah, and but they were they're another band that's like very influential. Yes. Uh, but yeah, along with like you know. The, like the Chili Peppers and, mm -hmm. and Rage Against the Machine and Primus and just one of those like, you know, Faith No More is one of those like really influential early 90s funk metal bands um, mm -hmm. that like influence new metal immensely. Um, but yeah, so who's your number four? Chris Cornell. Let's fucking go. Is my number four too. Yo, I feel like I'm back on track now, dude. It's a good sign when we're matching up. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean... It's self-explanatory almost in a way too where it's like this dude was just insanely talented just from a voice perspective like he just his range was crazy and you know Soundgarden's discography just kind of speaks for itself when yeah. you're listening to that stuff and Soundgarden they're one of the real OG I think uh, grunge bands I think they like formed in 84 yeah um, and, and Chris Cornell every, I mean everything he touched except for when he did an album with Timbaland everything <laughs> everything he touched was gold I mean stuff with Soundgarden Temple the Dog that I mentioned yep. Audio Slave Audio Slave uh, yep. I mean everything was brilliant his solo stuff is brilliant um, did a very famous cover of Billie Jean by Michael Jackson yeah so just I mean yeah, there's not really much else to say but like Chris Cornell also especially when he he, he could fucking scream absolutely yeah. yeah 
I mean, that, that kind of lends itself to, like, that was the one I felt good about, too, because we're talking hard rock vocalists, and it's just, I feel like a good hard rock vocalist is able to do everything. You're able to just hit those hot, not necessarily, like, screamo, screamo stuff, but just, like, pure emotion into your screams, and then just come back and sing beautifully, and that's, he's the definition of that. Yeah, because if, I mean, if you use it, if you kind of use it like frosting, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's not the bulk of the cake. But, exactly. Um, So... Definitely, and I'm, I'm glad we had that overlap. So I'm, I'll start with the number three because I did ch- choose Lane Staley, um, and cool. obviously we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit. But yeah, just just brilliant, really. Yeah. Uh, who's your number three? I think you'll like this one, Phil from Pantera. Interesting. Yeah. I thought I did think about him. Yeah. So he's an honorable mention for you. Yeah, I make. I'd say he's an honorable mention. He. I mean, his voice is super unique. Yeah. I just. I mean. Obviously, I've talked about it, you know, a few times in this podcast. But Avenged, you know, my favorite band growing up. I got into Pantera later because I learned that that was their inspiration, as much, you know, similar to a lot of other heavier bands and you know the metalcore scene and stuff like that. But when you go back and watch like live performances of Pantera, specifically in like the mid '90s, and you kind of understand what Phil was going through, kind of similar to you know the drug stuff we were talking about earlier. It's it, he's putting like his emotion into the like you know those those sets, going for an hour, like screaming his guts out, like. I just I know he's not exactly the most talented singer per se, but he was just he was out of left field. No one had really done what Pantera was doing before, you know, they came on the scene. Oh yeah. No, I mean Pantera, what's it like a vulgar display of power? Yeah. I mean, that's just one of those iconic influential I mean metal albums and obviously I think Dimebag Daryl is probably the most associated with, with Pantera, but sure. it's definitely Phil is is right behind. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he, he like I just I keep coming back to like the timbre of that scream is just like yeah is, is accessible like obviously it's not accessible to like a pop audience but just no. like more like to like a casual rock um fan i i think it, it, it you know it can be um appreciated yeah for sure um so what are we on now we're, now we're not number two because you had lane for your three right, right? Two, okay yeah. gotcha yeah so we're at number two mm-hmm. and and here's where it becomes a little bit more for me at least i'm like It'd be disrespectful if I didn't put him on this list. It's Metallica, so I'm not putting him number one, but James Hetfield is going to be my guy here at number two. All right. <laughs> You're like, I can't believe I let this guy do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, like, like I said, if we're going – because you're you're kind of going a direction um, that's not necessarily – you're kind of looking at their influence and their showmanship. I yes. Think, more than I'm – just looking at them as like pure vocalists. Yeah. Which I mean, I think that your it's probably yours is more quantifiable because what the fuck do I know about singing? You know what I mean? <laughs> or like I mean, what do I know about metal singing? I mean, you know. Yeah, and I guess I took hard rock. You know, I was taking it a little bit to the left. Now I'm taking it to the right because Metallica is obviously. I mean, they're metal in some cases, but I oh, mean, no, no, they're, they're they're metal for sure. Yeah, yeah, but like, especially I guess you know if we're you know really talking about the stuff they did in the '80s, that shit was like thrash, man. But like, oh, yeah. but James, like, also you know, just the fact that he's able to you know bring it back from the growls and stuff like that, and he doesn't have a bad voice in my opinion. Um, and I think he actually has a good voice, and that's why I put him here also. But I just think his ability to be a, like such a solid rhythm guitarist, uh, you know, write all these you know songs that have you know arguably stood the test of time so yeah he's he's my number two yeah and he's one of those another unique metal vocalist that he was able to connect with pop audience i mean the black yeah. album had so many um you know uh mainstream hits yeah um who's your number two my number two axel rose nice you know? okay so um, you just had him a bit higher yeah because it's for me um i think the uniqueness the influence um and just obviously not anymore but 
I, uh, the the range that he had in his heyday. Um, I think that there's like a, some video on YouTube. Just I think we might have talked about this back when we talked about user illusion. Mm-hmm. But um, his range um, demonstrated on this YouTube video is is pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and I just always just love listening to him. Unique voice, power. Yeah. You know the pitch is on point. So there's really not much else to say for that. Um, so I'm excited to hear your your number one because I think we might have the same number one. I Cause, hope because I haven't because you haven't said my number one and I have I have I said yours. He's come up in the podcast, but we haven't talked about him yet. Go my my number one is Steven Tyler. Oh, get the fuck out! <laughs> I don't want you on my. You podcast don't want anymore. me on my phone. I or as a friend anymore, to be honest. Dude, no. we've talked about this in like you know band practice and stuff like that where. I mean, again, I really thought this is the, the the perfect avenue of like great vocalist meets just generational band, and like he was obviously the forefront of that, you know, where they've over the like four decades they just banger after banger after banger, and Steven Tyler is just such a, in my opinion, just a great singer. And he, he is a great singer, yeah. and he just goes so he hits those highs, man. We've talked about guys that have range. If we're does, talking about does he range, hit them or does he just try to hit? He them? screams people, once it gets too high, and, and people are like, "All right, we'll take it." It's like, and I don't want to. I remember being like, because I think it was like four years old when I don't want to miss the thing came out, mm-hmm. and I just remember like just being so put off, really, uh, yeah, by by the screaming at the end. I was like, "Oh, this is a nice, sweet song," and he's like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what, "What are? Why would you do this to my vocals?" By the way, yeah. I apologize again to the listeners to hearing me scream for twice. Nah, dude, yeah. that's what they came here actually. Yeah. They don't care about us yeah. talking about they, this. They, they just want to hear the scream. Tyler impressions, <laughs> but he's my number one man. So, wait, who did you think that I yeah. had that you have? Um, I am shocked that you didn't have this sex singer on, and but I do want to talk about. I do think Steven Tyler is a very good singer, mm-hmm. and um, I think an incredible front man. And, and mm-hmm. Aerosmith is uh, a really interesting band that they were able to have to put out like huge hits in the seventies, eighties, nineties, and two thousands. I mean, that's very difficult to do. So props to them for that. Sure. But my number one's gotta be Robert Plant. I he was one of my honorable mentions too, and I get it. I I think when I was thinking of Zeppelin though too, I just I don't know. This doesn't go with my you know, the way of my the way I was thinking because like I've included some here that aren't hard rock and when I was thinking of Zeppelin I'm like, it's more rock to me. I don't know. Well I think that like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath are kind of regarded as like the two bands that um, are most influential to the metal scene. Obviously, Black Sabbath is number one, but, um, you know, I wouldn't call Led Zeppelin heavy metal, but definitely a lot of their songs are more hard rock, rock, especially in like their first couple albums. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were talking about. Like, I can't remember which artist you were talking about, but like that, that was just very. Oh, when you mentioned the who. like Yeah. At the time, nobody was doing heavier stuff. It was kind of the same sure. thing. Zeppelin. Like if you look at it on the lens of maybe the '80s or '90s, even late '70s, you know, maybe Led Zeppelin wouldn't be considered a hard, hard rock band. But from what they were doing on like Led Zeppelin one and two, I mean, even like Immigrant Song on Led Zeppelin three, like that's sure. definitely I think like um, in the aggregate way more you know heavy than than what was what else was going on in the rock world. Sure, absolutely. I think I watched. Uh, I think it was them live in Madison Square Garden, nineteen. 19- 76 My I want to say that concert No way yeah, not the concert But that was Now kind of thinking back to it Yeah dude My, my list is fucked You should have been on here But No oh well I, I, Listen <laughs> if, if we had the same list There'd be nothing to talk about And there would be nothing For me to yell at you about So <laughs> you know. Oh you've got a lot of ammo To work with now <laughs> <laughs> Alright so um, We did that We went on that whole tangent Just to get to uh, The third member Of the uh, 
not exactly 27 Club. And that's Lane Staley. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I spent probably more time than I should have talking about them in the monologue. But Alice in Chains is one of my all-time favorite bands. And they, yeah. it, I, they've been one of my favorite bands for, you know, a decade and a half. Um, so for you, when was the first time that you first listened to Alice in Chains? Uh, the first time I listened to them was in Guitar Hero 2. I got that game when I was like 9 or 10 years old, and it was them bones. I remember being a little freaked out uh, because, uh, you know how ah. he, ah, like every verse, and ah, of course my mom decides to come in and like, you know, how's your game? You liking your new video game? And she comes in on that song and is like, oh, is this the... This the kind of music in the game. <laughs> I thought I thought you're, you were going to say that your mom starts singing along with Lane Staley, and you're like, "What the hell is going on?" No, nah, the story couldn't have gone that well. No, yeah. she's just sitting there like, "Who? What's going? What's going yeah, on here?" Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first time I ever uh, was introduced to Alice in Chains, and it, it became quickly actually one of my favorite songs to go back and play on the game, just because it was just. It was so different. Like I think that um, that verse is in like three four time or something. No, was it like so? It, the so it's seven no, seven, seven four, four. I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's but it's seven four during or seven eight. I can't remember. Yeah. No 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 yeah yeah yeah. It's seven four because outside my sound garden is seven four. Yeah. Um. Then bones is seven eight during the verse, but it's four four during the chorus. That's what it is. And I, I just remember getting confused on that. I was like, yeah. whoa, what's whoa? This is weird. Yeah. Like I'm not used to this. <laughs> but that yeah, is, yeah that. And and we'll talk about dirt in a little bit, but I think that I think them bones is such a great opener for an album. Like, oh, can you absolutely. imagine just like just all of a sudden? And then we'll go into it more too. Yeah. But like, um, you know, his harmonies on that—it's so it's so yeah, it's so hypnotic, bro. Oh my god, <laughs> it's beautiful. And, yeah. and I think that's and I think of, if there's anything that makes Allison Chain special, it's those harmonies that exactly. you, don't really, you don't hear a lot in in grunge and metal bands. Exactly. Um, and speaking of which, uh, would you consider? Because I always had a problem with them being kind of considered a grunge band. Yeah. However, there's definitely some songs by them that I think are quintessential grunge songs. So yeah. I am I'm making a cop out, and I'm not going to answer this, but I'm going to ask you: Would you consider them more grunge or metal? Dude, this is the hardest question. I feel like you. Asked me at least at least at least to think about before I come on here because there's some songs where it's like it's a 60 40 thing with grunge and then there's some where it's a 60 40 thing with metal where it's like it's probably why people like them a lot the guitar can be more chuggy and interesting but his voice along with the guitar and the chorus is very like I mentioned hypnotic it just makes them them so I'd say it really does vary by song I'd say if I was gun to my head if I had to choose one way one way versus the other I'm kind of leaning more towards like the metal side yeah yeah, because like for me, like Man in the Box, which is their mm -hmm. probably their signature song. Um, damn, I just burned that episode. <laughs> but to me, that's a metal song. Whereas like, and I would say, but like Wood and Down in a Hole to me, like are yeah. more like that. Th that those that's grunge. That's grunge you know? right there. Um, but the vast and the vast majority of Dirt um, is 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 metal. Um, but then they also do. But then they did like that whole acoustic EP, which is yeah. So was it Sap? Uh, well, they did Sap, and then that was their first acoustic EP, which has, by the way, um, Ann Wilson does mm -hmm. um, backing vocals on one song, Ann Wilson Apart, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then they did Jar of Flies. Jar of Flies, is, yeah. I mean, just a phenomenal record. And we'll Hell talk yeah. about that in a second. But um, before we, we get into like your favorite albums, favorite songs, and whatnot, it's like, yeah. what, a, what is it about Lane Staley that made him, you know both high on our lists and high on a lot of people's lists and just like, you know, anytime that you watch an Alice in Chains mm -hmm. live video on YouTube, it, every comment will be like how am amazing Lane was like, wh what made him so special? Um, 
I think the first word that comes to my mind is power. Yeah. He has so much power in his voice that just fits just the I don't know, the aura of their song so well. Like a lot of guys will have power but lose the range or they focus on the range and they lose the power. Mm -hmm. But that combined with his ability, kind of what we touched on, the harmonies. His voice sounds perfect in like the thirds to fifth things they do where like I know a lot of if you don't know music theory, it's basically just the way he'll go back and forth. The harmony will just change being a third higher than what he's saying into a fifth and going back and forth. It, it A lot of other vocalists doing that would sound cheesy, but the way right. he does it, it fits the music so well. Yeah. And to me, it's like, I'm going to say like definitely power, but another word I'd say is vibrato. Yes. Like, That's, yeah. You know, um, I think that cause when he's belting out songs like man in the box or wood, Mm -hmm. um, those choruses like you have or um, or like the chorus of Rooster, um, mm -hmm. you have that power. But then when he kind of takes it back and he's not, you know, hitting those high notes, mm -hmm. he does that deep growl, which yeah. is accompanied with this unbelievable vibrato. Yeah. And it, it and it's and it's and it's dark. Like, I think like it's dark. And then the power like the power accentuates the metal um, in, in that regard. And then the low growl is dark and accentuates the metal in that way. I think that's what makes him such a, an amazing metal singer. Yeah. Cause it's almost like, it's a weird, I'm going to describe this the best way I can sound. His voice is almost like another instrument in the mix. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Just like if it, if obviously singing is its own instrument in its own, but like, it sounds just like one of the other guitars or one of the other, I don't know. I'm just yeah. jugs that, that's happening in the background. And one thing they did not on like facelift their first album, but a little bit on, on dirt and definitely like, on um, Jar of Flies and mm. then um, they're self-titled is that what they would do is that Jerry was almost was singing probably more. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but because he has like such kind of like a, I don't want to say generic voice, but like just, it's a good voice, but it's just like it, it accompanies the music, but then you bring in lane and it's like, you yeah, said, like, add, it's like, it's like adding a lead guitarist. It's yeah. almost like a dark and light. You've got the dark and the light right. coming in right. like a normal, Oh, this person's sane. Yeah. <laughs> <Singing the harmony. laughs> and, and speaking of Jerry and Lane and they had such a complicated relationship, um, mm -hmm. but it really they did love each other. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I was reading about this and I think you'd really appreciate it um, that when uh, Lane Staley died, mm -hmm. um, you know, when they found him, he had an eight year old cat um, or a, a 10 year old cat. Didn't um, and Jerry adopted the cat Aww. and raised it for another eight years, died when it was 18. Lived a long, healthy life. Lived a long, healthy life. And that's when I, I realized that... They cared the, about each other. A, they cared about each other, but the cat is the most metal animal. Absolutely, bro. <laughs> Imagine just, oh, shit, there goes my human. Guess I gotta last another eight years. <laughs> but, and just like like their personality, they're like alienated and bitter, but yeah, like they're kind I of guess like I'll keep soft and cuddly. Like that, that's, they're, they're the metal animals. Like my dog right here is, you know, she's a teeny bopper. Dude, my cat's not metal. I wish she was more metal, but she just, she, I mean, Dove came over with a couple other members of the band the other day, and she just sat there like, what? Other people exist? I'm gonna, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> but that's so metal. Other people <laughs> exist. I don't like this. <laughs> but, um, Let me go meow about it. Dude, I want to sample her at one point and just get her into a song. Like, it's, I'm going to morph the sound and okay, make, okay. make sure no one, you know, recognizes all it. Right, We're going on a tangent. Right, I know. All right. Let's, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's not have cat sounds in, in, our, in our music. <laughs> But no I guess it would be it. like a good Beach Boys tribute. There you, know, you go. And pet sounds. Um, What's more metal so, than that? <laughs> so, um, what? So first, let's do let's do albums. Um, 
uh, how, could could you could you speak on Alice in Chains' albums or maybe not? Um, I I know like the songs and stuff like that. The okay. albums, everything kind of gets jumbled together because gotcha. I know gotcha. they came out with a '92 album. Was that Face Dirt? dirt. '92 was Dirt. Yeah, Facelift was 1990. 90, 90 was okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then they had Jar of Flies in '94, which is an EP, but it's yeah. long enough and brilliant enough that people usually kind of. Uh, talk about it as a full-length album mm-hmm. and then they're self-titled which i found right. out today is um nicknamed tripod really because, yeah i didn't know this that there's um on their self-title there's a on the cover of the album there's a three-legged dog uh-huh. that um is like its name was tripod that's um that's crazy yeah also was that their last album before they kind of just went off the face of the earth yeah yeah, yeah. okay and so um, i know a little bit yeah yeah so that's i mean that's it's it's tragic so i mean i mean we i, I could kind of talk about that that end like 95 to 2002 but yeah there was some beautiful moments in there like there was their unplugged performance yeah. which i think nirvana kind of um is more associated with unplugged but there's some brilliant yeah. moments there especially like have you heard the song nutshell before yeah i've heard nutshell i yep. mean which is uh i think rolling stone right to like the number nine most sad song of yeah all time. dude that one i had i like listened to halfway through and i was like gosh like it's Saturday. I gotta be more happy than this. <laughs> <laughs> I oh that that's one of those songs that like it definitely uh, g- gets me going a little bit. But um, what are your uh, what are your favorite Allison Chain songs? Um, so we had this joke. This is my favorite. Uh, so in high school, me and all my buddies did the same guitar class where we just kind of just goofed off the last period of the day. And every time one of us would come to the door, someone would just go, "Here comes the rooster." <laughs> <laughs> And we like so. All, who, who was the rooster? Anybody who came to the class last. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but um, yeah, we just thought that like that was the first time I think I seriously started listening to Alice in Chains, and like obviously I told you I heard them before, but this is the first time I really started listening to them. And we all thought Rooster was just like that's the best song of all time. Like when we at least in that part of our lives, it's just you know crazy deep meaning behind it. Obviously, with I believe they wrote it for one of their dads because he was a, a veteran. Yep. yep, in Vietnam, yeah. Uts, yeah. Uh, Jerry's Jerry's dad. Jerry's dad, exactly. Yeah, but uh, Rooster's awesome. We talked about Man in the Box, Them Bones, Wood. Uh, Down in the Hole is like a... I didn't like that one like for like the first part of my life, and now as an older person, I think I'm yeah. starting to kind of get it a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might be their only song like it's explicitly about sex. Yeah. Down... <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, it's like a dark you know metal song about it because you know there's this cool because why not why not why not but Um, there's also a cool key change in the middle there in the chorus too where i'm like oh there's a key change really yeah there's a key change i I, wait from going in from to the verse to the chorus verse to chorus Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's a cool little key change and then um i stay away i really oh yeah i mean that's just the most i'll kind of listen to that sometimes in the gym like i know it's not a gym traditional gym song but like it's ballsy to put strings in there, but it fits so well. It does, and that's a, that's a song, and that's kind of when you get that you can make a metal song, yeah, and no distortion, no guitar solos. That's an acoustic song yep. with orca or the orchestra, and that is one of the most metal songs. Absolutely, you're yeah. sitting there. It's a very common chord progression. I think it's just going C D E, yeah. but but it's like the emphasis and yeah. like the placement of the strings, like we yeah. talked about, and just I don't know. It's just so it gets it makes you want to run through a wall. I don't know. All right, well, Ryan. Well, I mean, I can't really help you with, with, that, <laughs> with that problem. That, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> but like, no. But like, at the end of that song, when he like he just like kind of screams, uh, "I stay away!" Like that's. I mean, it doesn't get more metal than that. No, um, and I, I agree. I think "I Stay Away" is such an underrated song. It is. Um, I'm trying to think for me what my favorite songs would be. Um, I mean, just 
just so many. You know what? I love Junkhead. Did you listen to that? I actually didn't listen to Junkhead. I probably heard it, but just didn't. Um, not on the top of my head right now. Yeah, that song is just. Yeah, it's about. It's it's um. I mean, it's about what it sounds like. It is. It's <laughs> about you know. Um, the needles. Drug addiction. Yeah, yeah. About heroin. <laughs> and uh, so that's a that's a brilliant. So I'm trying to think of other uh, other ones that are um, that you haven't mentioned. Um, I probably I, I got the easy ones. I feel like uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. There's oh no excuses. No excuses. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and that's a song where Jerry and Lane sing the entire mm-hmm. song in tandem. Um, and that's I think that song's about their friendship and with what they're going through. Jerry with alcoholism, heroin with or Lane with his heroin addiction. Interesting. Um, and the last, I got two more questions for you. Yeah. Um, so how do you think that I mean Allison Chain's legacy has manifested itself? Uh, it's darkly beautiful. I think that's kind of. You know the the ten thousand foot view. If we want to go deeper, it's it's not in the way of the other Seattle bands where they're approaching this metal territory as discussed. But you could tell that wasn't their roots. It was more of an avenue they took in some of the songs at being that grunge band that they were. But I know we just talked about them being metal, but I don't think that was their intention. I think they their persona was a little bit of that darker, gloomier just grunge feel, but they ended up just going metal because of the way their lives were going. And that's just kind of what came out in their music. Yeah. Interesting. And very interesting. Um, and, but I think that like, I think what's made them so special is that I think they've like influenced so many artists. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we talked about that. There's like a, there's a Creed song that really reminds me of, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's called bullets that like, and, and they're, and you know, obviously not a metal band Creed, but then I feel like there's probably so many, um, there's like so, so many of those like early 2000s metal bands that you would find at like, you know, what was that? What was that? Like, uh, that Earth Day birthday, Earth Day birthday. It was like, a, it was like a metal music festival in like Orlando that they used to oh, happen. Oh my gosh. You know, like Five Finger Death Punch mm-hmm. and all those bands. Like I think like probably Godsmack. Oh, right, well, well, God, I, I wonder this because like there's a song by Alice in Chains called Godsmack. I'm pretty sure they're so, kind of, they're very heavily influenced so from I, what I imagine. Is, is, is their name like? directly from that song or is that like some kind of like old christian i i don't know off the top of my head but i will say godsmack from the limited i don't listen to them a whole lot but i uh there's definitely you know allison chains roots in there for sure and uh the last question that i have is um have you listened to allison chains with their new singer not until like the car ride over here and i couldn't actually like name the song it was one of their more popular ones from like the late 2000s i want to say yeah i was looking up they had a lot of hits with with that with william duvall who's a great singer by the way Um, he sounded very similar i was surprised um and that's another thing i was thinking about is like i think that when you're replacing when when a band goes on with with without a certain musician and and that musician gets replaced Mm -hmm. i think more than anything the hardest member to replace is a singer absolutely and and i was trying to think of like if there's one band that probably did it in a way that they were able to maintain their status, their influence, their legacy, all the things, yeah, it would be ACDC um, with that Bon Scott to Brian Johnson. I think that, like, you know, Back in yeah. Black is, is a legendary album, and then Highway to Hell is, and they have two different singers. That's a good but point. Other than that, even when it's like a smooth transition, like, you know, David Lee Roth to Sammy Hagar. That was the one I was going to say. Or yeah. Ozzy to, to Ronnie James Dio. I right. still think that, like, it. It, it's not the same. It's not. No, there's a lot more cases of, uh, you know, times that it really didn't work out than cases, obviously that it, where yeah. it worked out. So I agree. It, they, at least I've only heard a couple songs of the new guy, but based off of what I've heard, 
I don't even think it's necessarily a bad transition. I just think you, it's kind of what we talked about on previous podcasts where you can't replace the lore or like the person. And I feel right. like lame was just so interesting. Uh, it sucks for the, the reason why right. it was interesting, but there's no story behind, at least from my understanding, I don't really right. know a whole lot about their new stuff, yeah. but no, 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 for sure. Because like when you're a, a fan of music, it's not, I mean, obviously you're a fan of the song, but there's like, there's something greater than just like an individual song. There's like the exactly. interpersonal component of it that really I think draws people to to it, and 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 you know the humanity is is kind mm-hmm. of is removed a bit. Yeah. You know when when a member dies, um, or Absolutely. is just like replaced, um, and that's why it's like you know I, I obviously I don't think Anthony Kiedis is the greatest singer in the world, but I can't think of a single other person that could sing for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know what I mean? No. Um, but yeah, so. Well, that's uh, well, that's, that's all. That's, that's, that? that's all the questions I have. I think this is definitely the longest interview that uh, I've done. We went into this being like, "Yeah, it won't be too long." Yeah, but uh, it's okay. It's 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 all good. But uh, Ryan, this has been so much fun. Uh, you are the unofficial co-host of Hot Cakes from a Ninety Stand. I'll if die you, on that throne. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Well, yeah, die on that throne, <laughs> then you be get reborn as the official co-host. But yeah, Hey-o. but yeah, much love. Thank you uh, so much for coming and and just being an incredible guest and, and having so much fun and making my dog uh, really happy to come over to want to come over and say hi to you multiple times throughout the episode. But, uh, but yeah, man, I appreciate you and uh, yeah, have a good one. Thanks dude. Always enjoy coming out here and being wrong. <laughs> yeah. You are, you are making a good Jewish husband. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Take care. You as well. Thanks, y'all, for listening, and a special thanks to everyone who listened to all three parts. I, of course, want to thank my main man, Ryan Gilman, for being a brilliant guest as always. I hope y'all have a great rest of your day, and whatever it brings, hopefully music is involved. Again, I'm Dove Brenner, and this is Hot Cakes from a 90s Stand. Take care.